be a leader, uh, no matter what your job title is. I think anybody within an organization can can have a leadership role, <clears throat> despite what it says on their on their business card or the the name on the door. The best at what they do. And today's guest is, is Senior Director of Corporate Partnerships for the Oak Valley Group or the Coachella Valley Thunderbirds hockey team and the AHL. Uh, he is Rich Franklin. He's my friend. He's worked in the WHL and now he's in the AHL and probably... In the future in the NHL. Welcome to the show, Rich. How are you, man? Thanks. Thanks, Greg. And you're going to have to make one more edit. It's the Firebirds, not the Thunderbirds, but that's okay. <laughs> right. We Seattle are. I'll keep it in. I, I, I met you when I was with the Seattle Thunderbirds. That was it. <laughs> that's it. Yeah. And I was at the Portland Winter Back Hawks. But yeah. yeah, no, hey, the Thunderbirds are doing well. They're in the WHL final. So uh, good yeah. for those guys. Good for them. No, I'm happy for Colin yeah. and Jason, all those guys. But uh, yeah, no, I'm down in the desert now. Yeah. How, how is it? It's, a, it's a, a bit of a switch from Portland, I would imagine, to. Yeah. Well, I mean, if ever there was a year to move from Portland, Oregon to uh, the Coachella Valley, I think this year when uh, the city of Portland has had, I believe it's the rainiest April and the rainiest May uh, on record, uh, this would be the year to uh, escape to the sunshine. So the, the nice thing about it <clears throat> is uh, I've gone from rain and gloom to uh, mostly nice and sunny and warm, although we did have... Uh, quite the little windstorm that blew in and deposited a lot of sand in my pool, but, uh, I know first world problems, but, uh, no, I'm, uh, I'm enjoying it a lot and having a great time as we're getting our new brand new arena and brand new hockey team launched down here in the Coachella Valley. Yeah, no, it's exciting. And and you guys are obviously the farm team for the Seattle Kraken. Uh, and just, uh, it's it's been outstanding. I know the, the season what is isn't what everybody wanted, but from top down, from social awareness to marketing to the way you guys treat your employees and and how you instill into people how to work happy from from you know LiWiki all the way down to you and and beyond is just it is incredible. So a testament to to what you brought to the team. Yeah, the uh, the the Kraken organization and and particularly. Uh, both Todd and Tim Laiwicki are, are just great people to work for and work with. Uh, you know, I they're they're the kind of guys. They were down here. <clears throat> this was a couple of months ago when we announced our naming rights partner for the uh, for the new arena, and uh, we did a kind of a private dinner for a group of about I think it was about twenty of us afterwards. And uh, by the end of that dinner, uh, it was myself and uh, Todd Laiwicki. Uh, president of the Seattle Kraken playing bocce ball against uh, Ron Francis and uh, Tim Laiwicki and uh, just, you know, having fun, really great guys to talk to and and ton of experience. And and yeah, the, the Kraken had their challenges on the ice uh, this year, but uh, as, as far as the business side of things and, and uh, certainly the reopening of, uh, of uh, Climate Pledge Arena, the former Seattle Center Coliseum and Key Arena, uh, you know, just a beautiful, beautiful facility up there. So some some challenges here and there, but uh, some big, big wins as well. And we're looking forward to uh, replicating the wind part uh, down here in uh, in the desert. Yeah. And, and when you got leaders like yourself and Todd and, and Tim, and I got to know them when I was uh, working up with the Vancouver Canucks, they would come in and do consulting for the Canucks. And okay. it's just, it, it's cool when you can work like that 
even guys, you know, with president in their title, they'll have dinner with you, play bocce ball or, you know, go, go to the pub for a beer or whatever it is, but they know what it takes to treat. It, it always seems like they put their people before profits. Yeah. And if you can do that, you, you can win on and off the ice. Yeah, I, I think that uh, some of the best organizations to work for are the ones that don't just talk about how they value their employees, but they really they really do. And it's not just a, uh, a slogan or a mission statement on the wall. It's just the day-to-day um, uh, operations and, and understand that you're working hard, you're, you're, but you're working together. Everybody's in the boat pulling an oar. And, uh, yeah. you know, you, you've got that common goal of, um, you know, not only winning championships uh, on the on the ice or on the court or whatever the sport may be, but but behind the scenes as well, that, that we're all here to uh, build something really fun and really cool and, and uh, understanding that uh, it is the people that, that truly are the ones that, that make that happen. What's uh, one of your happiest memories in sports? And I know you do a bunch of stuff. Like IndyCar, yeah. Flagger, and you were in charge of the Stanley Cup for a while. Yeah. <laughs> what was that like? Yeah, <laughs> that was that was fun. Uh, we had the Stanley Cup in in Portland. Uh, I think it was 2014 uh, in town for an appearance in connection with the uh, 100 years of of hockey in Portland. So we brought the Stanley Cup uh, to town, and and Portland's connection to the Stanley Cup, just real briefly, is that the uh, Portland Rosebuds were the first American team to play for the Stanley Cup. They didn't win the Stanley Cup, but they played okay. for the Stanley Cup and actually had the Stanley Cup in their possession for a short amount of time. And uh, during that short amount of time, were smart enough to uh, go ahead and engrave their names on the cup, uh, even though they technically hadn't won the cup. But anyway, so we had uh, uh, Phil Pritchard, who a lot of people recognize as the, the keeper of the cup, the blonde-haired guy with the white gloves. And he and uh, another representative from the Hockey Hall of Fame had come out. And we were doing a, uh, uh, an appearance at a sponsor location at Columbia Sportswear. And uh, we were there, and employees are coming through, taking their pictures. And Phil and, and Mario was the other guy from the Hockey Hall of Fame. were kind of off to the side. A uh, woman named Gert Boyle, who uh, has since passed, but uh, at the time was the CEO of Columbia Sportswear, came down and said, uh, where are you boys from? And they said, oh, we're from Toronto. And then she goes, oh, it's cold there. Come on, let's go get you a couple of jackets over here at the Columbia uh, employee <laughs> store. So yeah. Phil and Mario walk off and I'm just sort of standing there and I'm like, wait a minute, isn't one of you supposed to stay here with the Stanley Cup? <laughs> And I said, uh, guys, uh, you know, what, what do you want me to do? And Phil said, uh, don't let anybody take it. And I said, okay. So for, uh, for 15 minutes in 2014, I was the keeper of the cup. I was in charge of the Stanley Cup for, uh, for about 15 minutes when it was visiting Portland. So that was a, that was a fun one. And then, as you mentioned, I, I, uh, when I'm not, you know, working in sports, I'm playing in sports. And, and one of the things that uh, I got involved with was uh, on-track uh, flagging and communications at uh, Portland International Raceway and had the opportunity to uh, to do that for uh, the uh, IndyCar series when they made their stop in Portland, Oregon. And, and uh, that was that was a lot of fun, too. And you get to meet some people who like myself, they're there not because we're getting paid because we weren't getting paid, 
but you're there for the for the love of the sport and the excitement of being around uh, a very very high level of uh, of auto racing. So that was uh, that was a really fun time as well. Yeah, no, I I got the experience of hanging out with Stanley Cup once when I was um, with the Seattle Thunderbirds. We had um, we started a charity hockey tournament weekend for Ronald McDonald House, and so they brought the the cup up and and it wasn't Phil. I forget the other guy's name that was in charge of the cup and and we we're going back to the the hotel um i was taking him back to the hotel and he's like oh i'm kind of hungry so we went into red robin and uh we took the stanley cup into the restaurant and yeah. had a beer with the stanley cup and so he was nice. me and this other guy in the stanley cup sitting and people just like some people just walk by and like oh okay not think of anything and other people are like what is that and it, it was the coolest time because we were talking about here's lord stanley sitting in the booth with us at, at red robin <laughs> yeah yeah we did the same thing in portland we took it to ruth's chris steakhouse and uh yeah. had it sitting in the middle of the table and people you know of course we got to be at a table right next to the window facing out onto broadway and downtown portland and people were walking by just doing the double take on oh my god is that the cup and uh it was it was pretty fun it was a, a, a really good time in them yeah, I know. It's funny how a, a little piece of silver can attract people. <laughs> well, it's a pretty big piece of silver, but yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's definitely, you know, one of the cool things I like about it is they don't make a new one every year. It's, it's not yeah, like right? the, the, the NFL or, or NBA or whatever. They're, they make a new trophy and give away the trophy. It is the cup and you get it for one year. And then at the yeah. end of your year, it goes back to the Hockey Hall of Fame and it starts all over again. So I think that that's a, a really cool aspect of uh, of uh, hockey and, and the Stanley Cup in particular. Yeah, no, exactly. No, it's, it sounds like everywhere you've gone, uh, you've had the ability to, to enjoy your job. Um, I know it, being in sports in, in my previous life and, and what you're doing now, it's a lot of hours, long days. You're away from your family, away from your kids. On those days when it when there is a lot of stress or a lot of hours, you have three games in a week. How do you reset or focus so that you can still keep that that drive, that motivation, that passion for what you do? Well, I mean, I'm fortunate in that I work in an industry that is about fun. It's about yeah. entertainment. It's about sports and excitement and everything that goes along with it. Um, but yeah, it is a job. That's one of the things that a lot of people that, that get into the sports world that, that don't necessarily um, stay in it is understanding that you're not there to sit and watch games. You're there to work. And so, um, you know, there's, there's, I, I am fortunate in that uh, I've got a very understanding wife who also happens to like sports a lot. Um, so she's, if, if not as excited uh, as I am, she at least at least tolerates or understands, you know, the, yeah. the the career that I'm in. But you know, part of it too is just I think you got to have balance, and you got to understand that that um, in order to do well at your job, no matter what your job is, uh, you got to come with a positive attitude. You got to you got to take some time, refresh, relax, read a book, uh, spend some time on a beach someplace, just sort of clearing your mind. And then, um, you know, recharging your batteries a little bit. When I was in, in Portland, our head coach and general manager, a guy named Mike Johnston, talked about, uh, you know, refilling your energy tank every, every day. And the fact that, 
you know, you've only got a certain amount of, of energy. And as you are drawing it down, you need to be um, finding ways to fill it back up. And sometimes that's, you know, some people do that with exercise. Some people will do that with, with a hobby or some, for some people, it's just unplugging the, the phone and, and, and getting away. Uh, you know, I believe it or not, one of the things that I do to relax is I enjoy working uh, in my yard, uh, you know, okay. plants and, and I don't have a riding lawnmower anymore because nobody down here mows their own lawn. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, uh, back when I was up in Portland, you know, a lot of times I would just go out there and open the garage door and take the, um, take the, the mower out and ride the mower around for a couple of hours with a beer and my, uh, you know, headset on and I'd listen to a podcast or listen to music or whatever. And then, you know, go and trim some trees or prune some roses or something like that. Just, you know, something, I, I, I think that one of the things that I like about that is um, all week long, I'm on a phone, I'm on a computer, I'm doing a zoom call, you know, whatever it may be. Um, there's something to me about getting back to nature, not in a like camping sense, but like, you know, putting my hands in the dirt and uh, watching something grow and, and uh, you know, fiddling around with the sprinkler system or what, you know, whatever it may be. So for me, that's just sort of <clears throat> what I found. Uh, certainly now that I'm a pool owner here in Southern California, I, I <laughs> take some time to, to sit out there either in the pool or next to the pool and, and uh, I also happen to live on a golf course, so I've probably played more golf in the last six or seven months than I have in the prior six or seven years. So, uh, but I think that that you gotta, uh, as as Mike used to talk about, find ways to refill your energy tank so that you uh, are at your best and and putting forth your best effort when you're when when you are on the job. Yeah. Well, yeah, no, that that's great. I, I think there's something very valid about getting back to uh, to nature, right. Being there, yeah. being one, being off your phone, being off, you know, our computer screens. And you, you're saying you've got a pool and you live on a golf course. If you ever need a caddy or a pool boy. Um, yeah. no. <laughs> oh, come on, Greg. Yeah, you know, you, caddy, no way. You, you gotta, you gotta bring your sticks and, and come sit in the pool. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And no, I, I could even drive the Zamboni for you. Hey, there you go. Yeah, we're going to need a couple of those guys. So uh, yeah. we'll, we'll see the application. No, Maybe I should talk to the guys at NASCAR. They can make a left hand turn. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, uh, we, we could uh, we could get those guys out for for a special appearance. Maybe yeah. a couple of. You know, there's so many retired hockey players here. I, I played golf uh, in a in a fundraiser tournament uh, last last week, and uh, Grant Fuhrer. Uh, oh, okay. Stanley Cup Hall of Fame goalie was in my foursome, and uh, he was telling me about all the uh, uh, hockey players and hockey executives. Uh, you know, Slat Sather and and uh, and a bunch of other guys that that have homes down here, either seasonally or or full time. And so, uh, you know, told told uh, uh, Grant, you know, hey, if any of those guys want to come out and uh, you know be an usher or, or or drive the Zamboni or the Zamboni at a game. I'm sure we could find a, a little, little part-time uh, employment for them. Yeah, I would love to see slats ushering people into their seats. Yeah, yeah. We'll see how that goes. 
I'm actually yeah, reading Mark Messier's book right now uh, called No One Wins Alone. And uh, okay. he's got some really, really good stories about uh, Glenn Sather and, and just the culture that he created there with those uh, uh, early to mid-80s uh, Oilers teams. It's pretty interesting. Yeah. No, I, I remember I, I grew up an Oilers fan, and, and my buddy's dad drove us up to Edmonton. It must have been a 12-hour trip. It was during their first playoff, one, well, 84, the one that they won the Stanley Cup in. And uh, obviously, we got there, and we didn't know. I mean, you couldn't find anything online because there wasn't online. Um, so we got up there, and, and the security one let us into the practice. And we're like, but we drove 12, 14 hours. We're, we're 14 years old. We're not going to tell anybody, like, what plays are running or anything. We tried yeah. talking our way. I said, no, but just wait right here, and practice will be over. And as practice w- let out, there's nobody else there. It was just me and my buddy Jay. And these guys were signing our posters and our pennants and everything. And then yeah, towards crazy. the end, I got to talk to Gretzky and we just like, we could die and we'd be happy. Uh, and then Mike Krishniski, uh, probably a third, fourth line guy came out and uh, we were admiring his Trans Am because he had one just like Gretzky had. And mm. it was like, oh man, that's such a cool car. He goes, hey, you want to go for a ride? So <laughs> Mike Krishniski jumped in his Trans Am and he's burning donuts around uh, Northland's Coliseums for us. But I mean, that, that was their mantra i mean that's what slots instilled in those guys right let's let's work yeah. hard let's play hard let's have fun yep yep exactly no those were uh you know and it's funny because i think that, that in our world of of hockey i think that the, the vast majority of the of the athletes <clears throat> that we uh that we come across uh not all of them but most of them i think are just genuinely down to earth uh you know a lot of them come from very humble backgrounds and and uh uh, it's uh, it's a lot of fun when you get to know some of these guys uh, uh, off the ice and and uh, spend a little bit of time with them. If any advice you could give other executives out there on how to work happier, how to lead with happiness? Well, I, like I say, I, I think that in my case, it, it all comes kind of naturally. I, I think I'm generally a, a, a fairly happy person. Um, I think it yeah. comes from as they say, having, having good balance in my life and, and, uh, you know, understanding that, uh, uh, you know, at the, at the end, when you get to the very end, I mean, the very end, you got to give yourself <clears throat> kind of the tombstone test every once in a while. And, and, you know, how will people remember you and, and what's on the tombstone? Is it going to say, you know, here lies Rich Franklin, he sold a lot of hockey sponsorships. <laughs> or does it say here lies Rich Franklin? He was a good dad and a good husband, and uh, you know, good friend. So I think part of it is you know making sure that you're you're taking time to recharge those batteries, make sure you've got balance in your life, um, understand that that there's uh, on the one hand, yes, you can get especially for men. I think it is not to you know go sexist or anything like that, but I think. Um, a lot of times guys more so than women derive a lot of personal validation for their jobs and their their careers and and things like that. But I think part of what we got to remember is a couple of things. Number one, find the balance. Number two, go to your happy place every now and again. Um, There's a book that, that uh, I read called a legacy and it was a book all about the, uh, the uh, New Zealand All Blacks rugby uh, yeah. team and some of the culture that they created. One of the things that I'll remember, there's kind of 15 
key things. And one of the 15 things was no dickheads. So, uh, which was basically <laughs> my, you know what, uh, we, we would, we, we don't want people here that, that are dickheads. We don't want people that, that don't fit in with the culture or their prima donnas or whatever it be. So, you know, every once in a while you kind of say, you know, am I a dickhead? I hope I'm not being a dickhead. Try not to be a dickhead uh, because uh, nobody likes a dickhead. Right. So, absolutely. but I think, you know, I think the idea is, is in order to be your, the most successful, you got to be at your best in order to be at your best. You got to have balance. You got to have energy. You got to understand what's important in, in the big picture and, um, you know, bring all of that to, uh, to your workplace as well. Be a, be a, be a leader, uh, no matter what your job title is. I think anybody within an organization can, can have a leadership role, <clears throat> despite what it says on their, on their business card or the, the name on the door, as far as, as, uh, you know, working happy and, and bringing, uh, happiness to, to the workplace and, and, uh, and to life in general. Thanks again, Rich. I really appreciate it. I appreciate your friendship, your mentorship. Uh, good luck. The Coach Hill Valley Firebirds this year. Firebirds. And, there you go. And, uh, looking looking forward to, to catching up with you at a game sooner or later. I was going to say, uh, you know, you, you got to get out of the Northwest and come on down here sometime next winter. You know, there's yeah. nothing like uh, 18 holes of golf in 80-degree weather followed by a hockey game that night, so... All right. Well, you've twisted my arm. All right, Rich. Thanks again uh, to our listeners. Thank you very much for tuning in. Be kind, play hard, work hard, and work happy. See you next time. Cheers.